Hello and welcome back to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. This is Quinta Moran along with Coach Rita. And here we go for episode 11. You know the statistics, Rita? I never shared this with you, but the statistics are this, that the majority of people that go to podcast stop at episode 7. Really? Stop at episode Why 7. Why is that? That's short-term gratification. Oh. Got to be in it for the long game. Yeah. Got to know what you're doing now. People are going to go back and listen to years later, and it's going to help them. So you got to be in it for the long game. So we're on episode seven. Yeah. Uh, so we're doing this thing. So kudos to you, Coach Rita. Because right uh, back at you. Let me take five seconds to say I realized how far it was out of your comfort zone, but you are a seasoned professional now. So well, thank you. Kudos to you. Hardly, but roll yes. tide. <laughs> All right. So episode eleven is one of these things that I learned. When we first started coaching, it kind of occurred to me that um, my wife is a living, breathing person. She has her own thoughts, feelings, and emotions, and she's a big girl, and I don't need to tell her how to feel, uh, but I do need to tell her how I feel. Right. And if I don't, and I leave it silent, and expect for her to know... To read your mind. I'm a dope. That's what it amounts to. So what I could do is say, hey, honey, let me see your receipt. Receipt for what? The receipt from Walmart from that mind reading uh, gift that you were supposed to buy. <laughs> right. So, because uh, you're supposed to be able to read my mind. We've been together for over 19 years. Aren't you supposed to know what I want? No. No. And let me encourage you, oh fellow man listening. She doesn't know what you want. I don't care how long. She may know what she, so what does she know? She knows what you've liked in the past. She knows things that can make you special or feel special, but she doesn't know what you're thinking right now. There is woman's intuition, but it's not strong enough to get into your man's mind. It ain't there. She doesn't know. So today's episode, uh, Rita is really going to walk us through the danger of silent expectations. And like I tell the guys at work, hey, you two guys work six feet apart. We shouldn't have all this confusion. We shouldn't have miscommunications. You're six feet apart. And we're even closer in the car. Right. And no, I cannot will her to hear my thoughts. I can't do it. I've tried. I've tried really hard. I'm just that dumb. Um, but uh, so let's go for episode 11, Silent Expectations. Rita, help us out. So you know how much I love quotes. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to open this up with a couple quotes and then I'm going to open it to a couple questions for you. Uh -oh. Did you say questions? Yes. Because, I love your questions. Um, I think it will help people understand um, where the silent expectations come from. Because sometimes I believe you have to hear yourself for you to understand yourself. And it is so true. Silent expectations are killers to any relationship, not just husband and wife, um, children, parents, you know, grandparents, employees, you know, you name it. Those expectations are just killers to relationships. So here's a couple quotes and they're, um, the first two are unknown and their quote is no expectations, no disappointments. Oh, okay. Sometimes 
we create our own heartache or our home. Let me start over. Sometimes we create our own heartbreaks through expectations. Expectations is the mother of all frustration. That is so true. So if you can see that, you know, just in having expectations, this is what it does. When I have an expectation placed on somebody that sets that somebody up for failure mm. and it sets me up for disappointment. Holy cow. Could you, so could, could in, you say that one more time? So when I have an expectation of someone that sets that someone up for failure and it sets me up for disappointment. <sighs> so if you just think about the things that in different relationships that you've put an expectation on someone, it's basically you're setting them up that they have no idea what's going on inside of someone's mind. And you're expecting them to fulfill that expectation without anything being uttered. And when that is not fulfilled, there's such, um, you get disappointed and it's like, they hurt my feelings and it's all unspoken. It's all, it's silent. And I know sometimes they say, you know, silent is, is golden. Not in these, not in these circumstances no. are they golden because when you have that expectation, no one knows what you're thinking. No one knows where you're at. And then you walk around pissed off, moody. You have an attitude, you're pouting, you name it, you're doing it. And it's all happening right in between your ears. Um, and so it's just, it's very interesting how we have these unspoken expectations in marriages. Um, a lot of it is, is the way that you see how your mom and dad maybe ran their home when you lived in it. Like I'll give an example of unspoken expectation. I grew up with three brothers. I was the only girl in my house all the boys took the trash out. Like that wasn't a job that a girl did. I've, I never witnessed my mom or myself taking the trash out. So when Bill and I got married, um, I just left the trash. Like that's not what I do. Right. But I never, ever voiced it to Bill. The only thing I would voice is like, when are you going to take the trash out? Like to me, it wasn't like, I, it's, it's hilarious now when I look back, but in the moment, you know, only being married a couple months, we live in an apartment. We're on the second floor. So for Bill to take out the trash, it's like, he wants to make sure that sucker's full. Cause he's only going downstairs, walking down the courtyard to go take it to the big bin. He's only going to do that, you know, when he really needs to. So he would just look at me like this puzzled look, like, like, like I didn't know that was my job. <laughs> but in my mind, I'm thinking that is just what I expect. Boys take the trash out, right? Wow. I know it, it sounds so-, so stupid and simple. No, it doesn't. But we can make expectations on such a large um, scale. I'm just talking the trash. Yeah. I mean, that's just a simple daily thing that I'm talking about, but how we can take something and have an expectation of how some, someone is supposed to act, feel, think, um, respond, um, you name it. 
And whenever that person doesn't fulfill that for you, there, there is such a disappointment that happens on your part. And then all the emotions and the behavior comes out of that. And usually it's the other person looking at that person like, what the heck did I do? Yeah. Like, how did we get here? Yeah, absolutely. Because no one said anything. Yeah. So what's going on? So this is my question to you. Okay. I'm ready. All right. You too, Jeannie. Why do we have these silent expectations? Like what's going on inside of you that you have? Like you, like what's going on in you that you're having these expectations? Why do you have them? I mean, all right. So I'm, my mind is kind of going searching for an answer and the only excuse I could come up with because there's no real reason. The only excuse I can come up with is because we're so familiar with each other and you should know me. I don't know where that's a written law or how I came up with that, but it's like, I've known you for 20 years of my life. You should know me. And that's completely unfair. Right. It's just because it's like what you said, you're expecting Jeannie to read your mind at any given moment of what it is that you're thinking or feeling. Right. And, and, and the other thing is for some reason I make life all about me. It's like all, you should know all this about me because all I know, I know, honey, all you're thinking about all day long is (laughs) just me, 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 wonderful me. Let's uh let's let Jeannie hop in for a, a a a little time on the mic here so that she can get her chance to answer a question too. I think the flip to that though is sometimes I think I'm meeting his expectation because he's voiced it. I'll I'll use last week as an example. He had had a really crappy day at work. He called me when he first called me immediately. What do you need me to do? Is there anything I can help with? Asked him questions just to find out exactly what happened. Right. Just so he could get it out. Mm-hmm. I thought we were good there because I did what he's always told me. I just need you to listen. Mm-hmm. I need you to be there and ask me. Maybe there's something you could do for me. Okay, cool. So I did that. Well, then later on in the day, he called again and I was doing something and he's talking, but I'm trying to finish right. what I'm doing. So I'm not all there, but he wasn't talking about his bad day at work. He was talking about something else. I'm like, he got upset because I wasn't giving him my attention. He felt like he was talking to a wall. Right. And I told him, hold on a second. I'm trying to do this real quick. Just let me finish what I'm doing. But by the time he got home, it sat like that all night until what? 1145. We finally had a conversation and he says, you know, I called you and you weren't listening to me and I had a really bad day. And I thought that you would, you know, you, you knew that this is what I needed. And I'm going, I did all that. What I miss like, it, this is what we talked about before. I thought I covered all the bases. He needed more from me, and I didn't know that. And so I kind of felt like I had just been hit in the chest because right. I thought I met what you wanted. So I, I guess as far as answering your question, though, our expectation for, for me, mm-hmm. there are certain things that we agreed to when we got married. You agreed to be my other half and to help me through the things that I need. So I expect you to do that. What I didn't do was, and I I suck at this, I really have a hard time saying what I need. I really have a hard time saying that. So when he constantly asks me, what do you need? My answer is very often, I have no idea. I don't know. 
So I think a lot of times that's what happens is that, um, you know, I don't want to say like stereotype this all, but, um, when you haven't been given permission to say what it is that you need, even as a little kid, even, you know, growing up, if you're not given that opportunity to have that part of you be spoken to for you to develop that and it be a healthy way of saying, well, this is what I need from you, or this is what I'm asking of you. Cause there is a healthy way about going about it. But if you're never given that opportunity to grow that part of you, when people honestly ask you, then what is it that you need from me? It's such a foreign language because you've never given yourself permission to feel in that area. So in all honesty, she couldn't answer you because she doesn't know how to answer you because she hasn't developed that part of her or allowed herself to give herself permission to develop that, even in men. Because, you know, um, with men, they're very self-sufficient. You know, they could take care of themselves. They could do this. They could do that. Like that. It's almost like a sign of weakness to say that I need something like you're needy or, or, um, you know, someone who needs something all the time is so high maintenance, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not, I'm not going into that kind of conversation with you. I'm just talking about giving yourself permission to say, this is what I need from you. This is, this is how it is that I need it. Because when you start voicing those things that you need, the amount of those unrealistic expectations start narrowing itself down because it's no longer just you keeping it in, in your own mind, going through your own thoughts, running through the whole scenario for yourself. You're actually putting words to it, putting meaning to it, putting, putting yourself first and saying, this is what it is that I need from you. Or I'm having this expectation and I don't know why I'm having it. Like in my mind, this is what I'm thinking it should be, but I know that's unrealistic. So it's having the, you know, it's bringing voice to what's going on in your, in your head. And then, then you understand that, oh, okay. I didn't know you were thinking that. But a lot of times, because like I've said in the past, life is so busy you know, life goes so fast. It's like none of us really want to stop to take the time to give each other permission to voice what's going on. Like what's going on with you? What, what are you thinking? What, where are you at right now? We just go through life and we hit life really, really fast. And whatever comes our way, whatever circumstances, whatever, um, you know, whatever needs, tending to right now, this is what we're going to tend to survival mode. Exactly. So that, that's just me just wanting to try, you know, the listeners, why do you have those expectations? Where does that come from? Is it something that you've been taught? Is it a behavior that you've seen your mom and dad do? I mean, I, we all have expectations. I mean, come on, we're all human. We all have these expectations, but when they're silent and you bring it into a marriage, when, when that's all that you work upon, it's, it sets you guys up for failure and disappointment and heartbreak. 
So true. So true. And, you know, just just to um, to lay in the bed next to somebody and to expect that person to know what's going on in your mind uh, at that moment, like they have no other piece of life going on at the at that moment, is just so unrealistic that it it shouldn't even it shouldn't even cross our mind that they know what we're thinking. Right. I mean, a lot of times we'll just assume we know what other people are thinking, and that in itself is such a dangerous game, because really. You don't. You may get it right one out of every 10 times. You may get it right two or three times. But chances are you really don't know what's going on in that person's mind. And there's a really good chance they don't know what's going on in yours. So how fair is that in your relationship to hold somebody accountable for something they had no idea about it's just not fair at all and i've done it i've done it before Mm -hmm. you know and it's not fair to her it's not fair to me it's not fair to the other people i take it out on because when your expectations aren't met then everybody that deals with you deals in that it kind of runs through that filter and and now little things that wouldn't bo- normally bother you you kind of hold everybody accountable for that person that's not meeting your silent expectation so they get your attitude they get your frustration and they have nothing to do with right. it but you tend to take those things out on the people that are closest to you um because they're not meeting your expectation that you've never even communicated or maybe you communicated it once Why is that enough? I mean, did you eat once and expect yourself to survive? Did you take one shower this year and expect that to be sufficient to maintain a healthy body? So what are we, what am I really doing here? um, When I start to hold her accountable for these silent expectations and just a moment to qualify something. Yes. I know you keep hearing that we're having these arguments late at night. And it's like, why are you waiting until late at night? I, you, you don't good? know how many times I'm like, I'm going to say something about that, but I'm just letting it pass. I'm just so here, letting it go. Here's one of the difficult dynamics of our home. Uh, our daughter, Kirsten, that is autistic, mm-hmm. is also like in, insomniatic or has insomnia. So Jeannie will have to sit with her um, so I can get a, a head start on sleep. And sometimes she goes to sleep at 11, sometimes it's 12, 1, 2, or sometimes she just doesn't even go to sleep. Right. So that's sadly our opportunity to talk. I knew that. I knew that but only because I know you guys. So right. I knew that that must have been the window of time that <laughs> he was sleeping. <laughs> There's so many other th- great things you could be doing at that time of night. Sleeping is one. Right. There's another S word. That's another. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to take the opportunities where you can get them mm-hmm. so that you don't have layers of resentment built up. Because I'm telling you, resentment kills relationships. I know you said that, but I want to reiterate it. Resentment just kills relationships. 
and you don't want to get caught in that trap. Right. And chances are, like us, like Jeannie and I, you have lingering resentments that you're still going to have to work through. Because Rita has this great analogy of the iceberg. What you see on the surface is not what's really going on. Exactly. That big, huge piece of ice that's under the water, you know, the foundation of which is the trash not being taken out. Uh-huh. It, that's the things that you can't see, and that's really the heart of the issue. So if you take out all the all the ice that's on top of the water, you still have some things that run really deep and wide that you have to address. And that's why back in the hard, you know, the hard talks episode, Rita kind of brought me back to reality to say, hey, every talk doesn't have, have to, to be, be a hard, hard talk. Right. It doesn't have to be that intense, hard talk right. working through things. You still want to have some fun. Yep. So I, yeah, just a little bit of qualifying there about why we generally get into these talks so late at night. Um, and a lot of times it's just because I wait and I'm, and there's no sense in waiting. And we kind of came to that conclusion in our last really heated discussion is it's, it's time for us to stop waiting and just give each other that permission again to discuss those hard things and be all in and keep the air clear. And let's, let's do the hard thing in the moment so that it doesn't cost us big right. in the future. Well, I think sometimes too, you have to, you have to um, have another um, meaning behind us coming together and talking. You know, if, if you're constantly putting uh, the meaning of us coming together and having a conversation and us having, you know, ha- us talking, if you're going to have a negative indication to that, then every time you hear that we need to talk or, you know, um, you know, something's going on with me and we need to communicate some stuff. If you have to try to rewire your brain as to why you think that's a negative, a negative, um, discussion a negative, it's all going to go bad really fast. It's like, why can't us, me just saying, Hey, Jeannie, can we just get together and talk? Or Quincy, can we just get together and talk? Why do we always go to that negative place of, oh no, this is going to be argument or what are you, or conflict or it's like, we need to start identifying us coming together and talking is a good thing. Yes. This is for the, the betterment of the two of us. And it's for the betterment of our relationship, for our marriage, for our kids. It's the betterment of everybody around us, you know, like what you were saying, Jeannie, it's like, you know, Quincy's not, um, he's either in a bad mood or, you know, something's going on. It's all because you're just keep building this stuff up, just keep building this stuff up and you're going to blow. And usually it's one o'clock in the morning when people blow and you're tired and you're irritated and it's day after day after day that you haven't done this and you have built a case because you've been able to, you know, think about it for a couple days and this is how I'm going to answer her and this is how I'm going to go about this and this is what I'm going to do. So this whole thing is all built up when, when if you just stop and say, Hey, this is what's going on with you guys having eight kids right now might not be the moment. And you have to give yourself permission to know that in your relationship, but voicing it, saying it, 
and then let's let's move towards that. But I think so many times we just take it in such a negative aspect that we cringe when we get the text or the phone call or whatever. We need to talk tonight because, mm-hmm. you know, usually that's not always good. So my question is like, what are you talking about then? Like I always say, people talk about the things that, um, people talk, but they're not talking about the things that need to be talked about. Yeah. So you leave those things to one o'clock in the morning and you know, those are the things that you should be talking about. It should be very much at the forefront of what's going on instead of keep pushing it back, keep putting it to the back burner because you guys know it explodes in front of you. It does. So another thing with unrealistic expectations is when you stop, when you, when you stop having, how can I put this? When you when your outlook stops for perfection in that person, then you allow them to be them. Mm. Because what when you have an expectation, you're looking for perfection. Like you're looking for this is how it is to be in my eyes of perfection. This is what it is that I want. Instead of saying, but this is who they are. And, and this is what I need to accept them for who they are. Mm. Instead okay. of, what I'm thinking in my mind of what they should be. And usually that's perfection. That's like the perfect husband, (laughs) the perfect wife of if she did this, 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 and this, then everything would be good. So kind of what I'm, what I'm hearing for that, from that, and this is something for me to think about is that saying that the only right way to do this is my way. Exactly. And if you don't meet this expectation, you're just not good enough here. Exactly. Instead of saying, this is my, this is my expectation, I'm going to say what my expectation is, and then I'm going to allow you to meet it. And if it, if it isn't necessarily met the way that I think it should be met, then we can talk about it. And it's not like you're there to do a job, but it's really communicating what I need. Exactly. That's what it really boils down to. What is it that you need? And, and you can ask that in a way that it doesn't seem like, um, uh, what's the word, you know how, like, like with an attitude or like with, a um, with like, Gosh, I wish I could. Animosity. Yeah, um, I guess that's a, probably a good word. You know, it's like, you know, what do you need from me? Like what? Yeah. Instead of like a true, pure, honest motive of what is it that you need? Yeah. You know? So it's like, well, what do you need from me? <laughs> what do you need? Right. Tell me what you need. As opposed to, honey, I, you know, my heart is... It's for you. I, I just want to know what you need so I can be that. Exactly. I, I just, I want, I need to know what you need because I want to be that for you. That's what I care about. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the two opposite ends of the spectrum right. of what do you need? And if, if she doesn't know, it's okay. You Don't kinda... get frustrated. Cause I know men's tend to, um, And like, I don't want to put everybody, you know, all men in a box and say all men are like this, but 
I think sometimes it's very frustrating to men because you're opening yourself up. You're opening your heart. You really want to make amends and, and what is it that you need? And when you, you are, the response to you is, well, I really don't know. Or like, how can you even ask me that? Like, you know what I mean? It's the animosity on the other end too, that, that, um, just don't get discouraged. Just be understanding because like I said, if, if you are not taught that and you're not brought up with that, you can't blame somebody. You can't get mad at somebody for what they've been taught. This is all that they know. Right. So you just have to say, okay, then we'll just revisit this or we can revisit this. Can you think about it? Can you really spend some time thinking about this? Yeah. And, and, and getting into that place to say, okay, you don't know what you need. Is there, do you have any idea what you want mm-hmm. and what does that look like? So maybe we can work towards it together. Right. And you know, it all goes back to, it goes back to something that you said that was so profound for me. And that is we get really frustrated and hold people accountable for what's normal to them. Exactly. Just because it's not normal. It's not the normal for us. Right. So why are you getting mad at what's normal for something, for someone that they grew, this is how they, they grew were raised. up. This is what the circumstances, um, cause them to happen. And, and who cares whatever science you want to get into? This is normal for them. Mm-hmm. So communicate your expectation to them of why this normal may hurt you and how can you compromise to the middle? Right. And maybe they've never looked at it any other way then this is just normal. Mm-hmm. It was like uh, all the years of us going to the movies, me and Jeannie. Right. And, I, and my thought is, I hardly ever got to do this as a kid. I'm just glad to be at the movies. And Jeannie is like, no, the movies is an experience. You have to get popcorn. You have to get soda. You have to get candy. And we'd take the kids to the movies. And I'd be like, you guys just need to be happy that you're going to the dang movies. And And, and I got to thinking, it's like, why? Why can't it be an experience? It's supposed to. I like your way better. Let's go with your way. I. Why do they just need to be thankful they're going to the movies when it can be so much more? Right. And that was the normal for me. Right. Growing up, crap, dirt, poor. You know? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, why would I want to put that thinking into my kid's head? No, let's make life an experience. Not just be thankful to get by. Right. And so my la- my relationship was just enough to get by. Mm-hmm. And so my life and my work was just enough to get by. And it kind of bleeds over into every other little part. But that was normal for me. Run, you know, run as far as work goes and whether it's becoming a pastor or whatever. Run as hard as you can because that's going to make something of you. But for your relationships, just do enough to get by because in the long run it's going to work out. And that's so opposite of what the truth is right and then i would communicate to her no i wouldn't communicate to her that's the funny thing of what i would expect her to understand silent expectations kill marriages they kill relationships and i'm telling you i i could almost guarantee if you take the time to think about it guys that you're there in that boat and it could be something 10 years ago that you expected to come out differently and you've not communicated it to your wife. And so every time this familiar situation comes up, 
What rises up is that silent expectation that wasn't met, and you treat her out of that situation in your life, and you got years of resentment built up against her. And we can help you take that down. And like, like we've said in this podcast before, you know, we don't really care about what you can't do. We're just willing about what you're willing to do right. and how you're willing to open yourself up to better your relationship because what kind of relationship do you want? Right. Is that fair? I think so. Well, that's a pretty heavy episode right there. I mean... We talked about some pretty heavy stuff yeah. in this episode. So, Min, I just leave you with this: if if you if you are feeling frustrated in your marriage and you're and you're feeling disappointment and it's like a reoccurring thing, why don't you stop yourself and ask yourself, what are the expectations that I've not talking about? Because, like I said, living with um, expectations leads you to disappointment and setting your partner up for failure. So if you, if those things are reoccurring in your relationship, then you want to stop and really look at yourself and ask yourself, what are the expectations that I have that I'm not even saying? And that would be a good starting point that if you're feeling frustrated, those moments that you're feeling frustrated are the moments that you have to ask yourself, am I putting an expectation there that I'm not talking about? Because yes. expectations aren't bad. It's the ones that you don't talk about and you make people live up to something that they're unaware of. Yes. So if I'm open and honest and say, hey, babe, this is what I'm expecting today. Like Bill and I, every day we put that out there. Okay, what is it that we're going to do today? You know, it's like we have a goal. We have a purpose that things aren't unspoken that, you know, I expected him to do laundry and it wasn't done. Well, it wasn't done because I didn't say anything or, you know what I mean? I'm just using little things because there could be huge things that we're not talking about, you know, like an expectation that, you know, we got married. We thought we were going to um, create a business together. Things didn't go the way that we thought. And, you know, we're living paycheck to paycheck. We're, we're working for um, companies where we said we were going to work you know, for, um, ourselves, we're going to be entrepreneurs and that, that didn't happen. And we're living our day in day out, going to work for somebody else and that, and no one's talking about it. Mm. Like we're not, we're not revisiting that and say, Hey, this is what we said. And we're frustrated on a daily basis. You all get to pick what it is that That's right. you're going through. I'm not there. I'm not sitting in front of you for, for me to, to ask those certain questions, but I'm, I, what I am saying, if you're feeling that frustration, if you're feeling that disappointment, ask yourself, where is it that I have these unrealistic expectations? That is a very good word. Very good. So if you have any questions, any comments, want to give us some feedback, cause we do love feedback. Um, we want to know how can we help you some more? Um, so why don't you reach out to us? Go ahead and reach out to us at our email address, man versus marriage podcast at gmail.com. That's man vs marriage podcast at gmail.com. Go check out our website. You can connect with us there. You can get on the, uh, get on the old Facebook, the old tweety tear, the tweetar, the tweet of the bird. You can hop on there. It's a man versus marriage podcast dot 
Com. That's right. Hey, you can also go check out our blogs over there. You know, this uh, our blogs tend to go a little bit deeper in written format um, for these episodes that we're bringing out to you. So, if you uh, depend on what you know medium you like, maybe uh, maybe you love to read. Well, go read us there. Read us. That almost sounds like read ah read read ah there, and um, we know that you'll enjoy uh, just a little bit deeper of our a uh, talk about our experiences and what. Uh, what these situations bring up that maybe we didn't bring up in the podcast. So reach out to us via email, go to the website, check out our blogs and um, let us know how we can help man versus marriage. That was episode 11. Good night now.